Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, man, it's great. It is great. Super duper, it's uh, 22 degrees, probably cloudy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so episode 28, Monkeys on the Line. 28. And yeah, craziness. Uh, directed by James Frawley, our man. Yep. Written by Gerald Gardner, D. Caruso, and Coslo Johnson. Coslo Johnson and our buddy Sweet D. Caruso yeah. is back. <laughs> Angry D. <laughs> <laughs> Coslo Johnson almost sounds made up. Uh, a little bit. Like, like D. Caruso couldn't get his ideas through, so he, he had his friend Coslo write it. <laughs> maybe. Or like, uh, Coslo is who they blame for the bad jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it originally aired on March 27th, 1967 So good time Did you look up when they made it though? Because chronologically this was the 32nd episode that they filmed This was the last episode of the first season Yeah Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it was filmed in uh, February I think And came mm-hmm. out in March Which is a pretty quick turnaround Yeah, yeah. Seeing You can tell the, guy, the guy's got the longer hair Yeah <laughs> Yeah It looked like a little road weary Yeah, the, the little uh <laughs> Not giving F's so much anymore. It's like it's like the the Friday before vacation essentially. <laughs> and just like let's just get through this. Last day of school, two PM vibes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing today, class? Nothing. <laughs> it opens up with the boys at the pad and Mickey's on a typewriter and uh, yeah. Peter's holding it and like moving with the paper kind of. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Mike's digging around in the fridge and the phone rings and Mike asks one of the guys to pick it up but no one picks it up Mike gets all pissed off and he goes to pick <laughs> it up and no one's there because right, they missed the call so he's he's grumpy about it so he calls a meeting hear ye hear ye hear ye and everything else goes with it gavel alert yep big gavel he says they haven't had a job in three or four weeks and then he bangs the gavel on the table and the table breaks and then he keeps mo- making more points, and each point he makes, he brings the gavel down the table, just mm. eventually just a pile of wood on yeah. the floor. And it's important to note the boys don't even get into their like uh, the judicial gear or like the, the boardroom suits or nothing. Like, all right, let's just bang out this gavel scene. Yeah, exactly. In our civvies. Yeah. And a uh, blue hat for Mike. I don't know if you, you I, noticed. I did notice that appearances. that paisley shirt and the blue hat. Yeah. And uh, Davey's got the yellow eight-button shirt, but not the monkey's mm-hmm. panel shirt. Just the the, the panel been torn off. Yeah, I think. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the birds, man, it's my panels. <laughs> Some girl's got my panels. She got my panels. She's got my panels. She's got my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mike declares that they need to get an answering service, and he hits the table one last time, and it breaks completely. And then <laughs> Mike Mike calls up the answering service. But there's no answer. There's always somebody there, morning, noon, and night. 24 hours a day, they're right there on the job and never fail. Well, well, there's, there's no answer. Uh, 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 boy, they must need some employees. Anyway, and then we jump to the intro. We're 90 seconds in. And it's 90 seconds of obsolete technology. We've got, yeah. we got a rotary phone. we got a typewriter. And we've got discussion about an answering service. Which uh, predates the answering machine. Yep. The machine so popular it became simply known as the machine. <laughs> yeah, and that happens in the next scene too when they go through the whole the whole entire 
answering service is a room of obs. <laughs> it's a, it's a museum of obsoleteness. <laughs> What's with the wall with the holes in it? Yeah, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that one though, and we get out of the intro. And the boys are at their urgent answering service, and they're telling the woman that, that they want to use their answering service, but are short on cash. Can you possibly give us a, a cut rate or something? And as soon as they get a job through the answering service, they'll be able to pay the answering service for their service. <laughs> Which, uh, I gotta say, this is like, you hear this a lot in uh, freelance kind of things. Like, I really want this, mm-hmm. but I don't have the money. But after that, yeah, when course. I get the money from this, I'll pay you for this. Yes. And buy some groceries with experience. Yeah, exactly. So the woman says that if they need a job, why didn't they just say so? And Peter asks if he knows... Oh, and she asks Peter if he knows how to use a telephone. He says yes, and he picks up a receiver backwards, talks into the wrong part, and tells her that it's broken. I don't even think the phone is plugged in either. PT Dubs, you recognize that lady that's doing the hiring? Kind of. She was in the Purple Flower Gang just a few episodes ago. Oh, that's where she comes from. Helene Winston, I believe her name is. Yeah, I, I looked her up, but I, I didn't honest, I didn't see the, the Purple Flower Gang part. So that, uh-huh. that makes sense. So the woman tells them that if they work her phones for her, she'll pay them the salary and throw in the service for free. But the boys don't want to work there because they're musicians. No, we can't, you see, because we're musicians. Great! You can listen to the dial tone! <laughs> and speaking of obsolete <laughs> things, kids today wouldn't know what a dial tone sounds like other than mm. TV and movies. Probably exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, right, I, you know, I kind of miss the dial tone. I kind of miss the dial tone. Or when you leave the phone off the hook, that that sound and you don't hang up the phone. Yeah, you got to make it a little louder in case you forgot. Yeah, so they go to leave, but she stops them, and there's like a fantasy sequence of her looking like the Statue of Liberty or something, and she's got a phone yeah. on a pedestal instead of the torch. Yeah. And she tells them that they'd be part of something very important, and they have the entire city in their fingers. And then the boys start crying because it's so beautiful, <laughs> and they agree to do the job. <clears throat> she tells them there's only one rule. Don't get involved with a client. And there's even a sign. sign. So yeah, that's how like, you know it's serious. There's <laughs> always a reason for a sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought she was just talking to Sneaky Dick Davey there. Like, look... <laughs> Sneaky dick, David. If, if there's a girl leaving a message, don't hunt her down and harass her. Uh, they harass me, man. But anyway. So uh, she asks who's taking this first shift, and all the boys want to do it. And Mike says they'll do it democratically. And Peter suggests they choose fingers. Yes, I choose that one. Ooh, I won! <laughs> and he just chooses his own finger. <laughs> Which is really cute. And uh, Peter asks why Mike always wins. And Mickey says... He has six fingers on that hand. <laughs> and then they tell Mike they'll see him in a couple hours and they split. So Mike's excited to start the job and he's fascinated with all the work stuff around him. Oh, this is going to be fun. It's walls and ceilings and everything. And phone. A veritable sea of telephones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the woman tells him that now that the boys are th- there to do the job, she can go to Jamaica. And she like gets all her stuff ready to leave. And Mike protests and he says, well, she hasn't shown him anything yet. And she rattles off how to take a message. And then she grabs her surfboard, is about to leave, when Mike asks about a little red button on the wall, marked red button. And she tells him to push the button if he gets tired, and then she splits. Well, monkeys are notoriously curious, so I'll just push it now. So he pushes the button, and a bed rolls out from the wall. And he's like, oh, push it if you're tired, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. 
Which it's it brief is. Brief conversation with the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he also, when uh, she explains how to do the gig, and she says, what could be easier? And Mike says, going to Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so he pushes it again. The bed rolls back into the wall, and a telephone starts ringing. Mike, oh. Mike freaks out. He can't figure out which phone is ringing. And he finally <laughs> picks up the phone on a woman who says she can't go on because she's so alone. And we see her at her place. She's got, like, big jugs of poison. It's like, how much poison do you need? If you, if, Straight up poison. If it's good poison, you don't need three jugs of it. Yeah. And uh, there's a rope. It's a quality observation, Bob. That's good, good stuff. <laughs> there's a rope, a gun, and all kinds of kill-yourself stuff laid out on a table. And uh, Gun? Gun alert, folks. Yeah, gun. Just like laying there, but still a gun. Uh, her name in real life is Susan Browning. She was in both mm-hmm. sister acts. Mm-hmm. And she was in the money pit. With, oh, no uh, shit. With Shelley Long and Tom Hanks. So. Wow. So, yeah, boom. So on her, on her way up. <laughs> And uh, she tells him that she can't go on, but had to speak to someone because she's so completely alone. And Mike asks her who this message is for, and she says, It's for the whole rotten world. <laughs> the whole rotten world? No, I'm sorry, they're not listening. Uh. <laughs> and uh, another phone rings, and Mike answers it by saying, I'm sorry, but we don't have a telephone. And he hangs up. <laughs> and the woman keeps saying hello, and more phones are ringing, and Mike is getting frazzled, and it's essentially an anxiety attack experience, and it's quite effective. Hello? Oh, where are you? Please, can you hear me? Hello? What is with all this ringing? Are you there? Don't do it. Are you there? Don't do it. <laughs> Even watching it, I was just like, oh Jeez. my god, this is making me insane. Oh boy. It's like if somebody texts you, and instead of giving you one big text, they give you ten little texts right after each mm. other. It makes you want to throw my phone out the window and then find that person and punch him in the face because it's so angry. I don't know why it makes you so angry, but oh my God, it does. So this this scene was that. It's like a 1960s version of getting too many texts in a row. (laughs) Wow. So the woman says uh, she's going to end it all and Mike is trying to tell her not to, but it's all so chaotic. And also like up till this point, other than the morning at the pad, this has all been in the same room the same set which is weird for a monkeys episode they're usually bouncing everywhere go to commercial and then come back and mike's laying on a table he's using the wool hat as a pillow with all (laughs) with all the phones and he's muttering and the boys are dressed as doctors and they're checking him out and mickey says they have to take drastic measures and he sprays mike in the face with a seltzer bottle don't do that did you notice mike's completely dry when he says don't do that (laughs) oh is he i did not notice (laughs) that's funny (laughs) Uh, Mike springs up, he tells the boys about the girl on the phone. I don't see any girl on the phone. And uh, he tells the boys that they have to go stop her from killing herself, essentially. So Mike follows the yellow phone cord to the board, and he sees that it's plugged into 146. And then the boys run over to the filing cabinet, and they find out who she is. And it's Ellen Farnsby at 4554 Blip Street, I think it was. Blip Street. Which I don't understand, but let's, let's go with that. Uh, so Mickey and Mike rake, race out the door, but Peter and Davey tell them that maybe shouldn't go because they're not supposed to get involved with the clients. Don't get involved with the clients. Hence the sign. And Mike says there's no time for that because it's a matter of life and death, but realizes he doesn't have his hat on and asks off camera for someone to throw it to him. And it gets tossed <laughs> to him. A little whistle sound yeah. makes the whole thing. I oh. love that. Love it. <laughs> Hat, please. Come on. Thank you, baby. Where's your cash? It's in the wardrobe. And they take off. 
uh, Davey and Peter hang out and are stoked to get paid to do nothing. But then all of a sudden, all the phones go crazy. And they have like a mini fast action romp answering phones mm. kind of thing going on. Mm. Plugging them into the board, writing messages down, stabbing them on that little spike thing. And <laughs> this is where I was going to say it's essentially... Switchboard, the switchboard. Yeah, the switchboard, yes. And uh, this is essentially a, a museum piece of everything that you have in your phone that fits in your pocket now. Oh, absolutely. Because like every single thing in that room has been replaced by smartphones. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see. I think probably like if you showed this to your kids, that whole room in sequence, <laughs> they'd be just like, what is happening here? Uh-huh. It's like trying to explain a party line to someone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone's talking it still about exists. That. So, yeah, someone's saying like they had a party line like up until like '95 on their street. Everybody used a party line. He's like, "What are you? What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> but either way, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> so Davy and Peter collapse, and Davy notices a message. Mr. Smith calls Zelda baby love 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 urgent. Did Smith call in for this message? No, why? I'd better deliver it. It might be urgent. So I was thinking, it, it's funny that Davey just decides this is the one he's he has to deliver this message, this love message, yeah, which it's, uh, I thought yeah. it was for the birds. Like he's like, oh, I'm gonna go deliver this because uh, the ladies, there's a lady there in love, and I've got to <laughs> wiggle my Daviness in there. I don't know. It's just this is Coslo's idea to get Davey in a weird chase romp in yeah. a, at the apartment set. <laughs> and D. Cruz was like, this romp makes no sense. You can't have a romp without basis for a romp. What is this, episode three? Coslo, where's my gorilla suit? <laughs> Just bring in the fucking unicycles while you're at it, you fucking hacks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <sighs> Davy splits and leaves Peter alone. Oh boy. And uh, so Peter's so pooped, but he doesn't know about the red button, so he can't take a nap. So <laughs> poor Peter. And so this is the first time now we've left the urgent answering office in the, in the whole episode. And, and this kind of threw me. Davey's like walking up some stairs. And so I didn't know if yeah. he like, if this was in the same building as the answering service. <laughs> it just kind of leaves and goes up the stairs. And uh, he knocks on a door and some dude is half shaved and his wife writes right out of a comic strip, essentially, like an old maid comic strip. <laughs> this is what grown-ups look like. <laughs> On TV yeah, in the 60s, I probably. think. It's every time you see one, they got curlers. Yeah. <laughs> the dude's sporting a beater and boxers. Yeah. Yeah, with, like, hearts on them. <laughs> and uh, so Davey spills the beans about this guy, this woman, Zelda Baby, loves Mr. Smith. And apparently this is Mr. Smith, and his wife is not Zelda Baby. So she starts uh. hitting him, and then Davey just runs away into another apartment, and they follow. And then you hear a woman screaming, and she comes running out of the apartment wearing only a towel, followed by Davey, oddly enough. And then there's the wife running, and then there's a cop with them. And see, I didn't realize that the husband is the cop. Yeah. Because he, was, he wasn't wearing a cop. He was half shaved. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize till later he was the cop. So I, yeah. When, when he was, yeah. So I thought it was like... They ran in that apartment. The wife killed the husband. The woman screamed, took off. Davy took off after her. Then the wife tried to flee because somehow a cop got there quickly and is now chasing them. You went right to murder with that one, Bob. Hey, man. There's a after all this poison and knives and guns and everything. I'm like, this is this is a dark episode. 7 p.m. Mondays, kids. Yeah, get ready. Catch the monkeys. <laughs> 
so Mike and Mickey show up at Ellen's apartment and they let themselves in <laughs> and then instantly scare each other. <laughs> and uh, they marvel at all the murder stuff that's lying around and they search the place in fast motion and they both find notes. Look at this note. It says it's no use going on. It's all over. You think that's something? Look at this note. It says it's no use going on. It's all over. She's trying to tell us something. <laughs> and then they check her like calendar. It says she's supposed to be at the theater. So they take off from her house that they broke into <laughs> rooted through her stuff. So at the theater, Ellen's on stage with on a telephone saying the same things that she said to Mike. And the director, he tells her that she's great and must have been rehearsing a lot. And she tells him that she's been living the part and she's been rehearsing with her answering service. Keep rehearsing, live the part, live, live, live. I shall, I shall, I shall. And I, I, looked, I looked up the director guy. He's been in, in like a, a million things as well. Oh, okay. But it never really clicked in. No What's with this director behavior that permeates the last like uh, hundred years yeah. of filmmaking? Exactly. Are all directors like this somehow? Pretty much. That's how I am, at least. Uh, so Peter's working at the answering service. He's all flustered. He gets a, a call from a guy telling him that the Popsicles, who are a singing group, are going on third and will be paid $10,000. And Peter takes the message, and on the other end of the line, the guy hangs up like a weird, squeamy-looking guy, says that he's brilliant by placing gambling bets over the answering service without the answering service even knowing it. And so the main gangster dude, Manny, he... Uh, he pretty much breaks down the entire plan to the squeamy guy who already seems to know what the plan is. All I do is pretend that the horses are vocal groups and I'm a booking agent. With all the crazy names singing groups have these days, who'd ever suspect? Ha <laughs> ha! So it's yeah. a very exposition-y thing. Gotta lay some narrative pipe here. Yeah, so essentially... To get to where we're going. Popsicle is a, is a horse and he thinks mm. in the third race Popsicle's gonna win and put $10,000 down on Popsicle. Essentially, I feel like that came up before bands and their crazy names. So Mike and Mickey show up at the theater. They talk to the director about Ellen and he says that she's just departed to her apartment. And so (laughs) and they ask how she was acting. He says that she was nervous, tense, depressed, and she looked like she wanted to end it all. So very good. Very good. (laughs) And Mike says they have to go back to her place. And Mickey says that he has to relieve Peter. And Mike says, well, Peter's fine. And this is important. And there's like a little flash to Peter at the agency. He finds the red button and pushes it. The bed comes out of the wall, knocks knocks him off his feet onto the bed, and then goes back into the wall with Peter on top of it. Then Mike realizes that maybe Peter should relieve Mickey. (laughs) And they go their separate ways. It's like a little monkey force there. He knew something was wrong with Peter so maybe Mickey should go oh, back at the apartment where Davey was there's an Olympic athlete carrying a torch he runs down the hall into the apartment followed by the cop a football player the wife Davey the naked lady and a gorilla what the, they stick their head on the sound stage and like hey who's around for a chase round yeah I, it's, it's very interesting I wonder if this was like the last show they filmed for the season mm-hmm. if they just brought in like Hey, that PA who's been here, throw on a football helmet. You know what I mean? Just yeah, like, something fun like that. Let's yeah. bring everyone in. Um, and then Davey stumbles out of the apartment wearing the naked lady's towel. And he's yeah, holding the wait torch. A so right. Somehow, at some point in one of those apartments, Davey got that towel off that girl. Exactly. <laughs> I always get the towel, man. Always. Um, and then that's it. That's all you really see <laughs> there in that part 
And uh, so at Ellen's apartment, Mike is at the door and she answers it. She's got a noose around her neck mm-hmm. and is instantly her character. Uh, Mike tells her he's from the answering service and that she hasn't been getting her messages and he came over to see if her phone was broken. And she tells him that the phone is fine, but she never gets messages. And Mike starts pulling messages out of his shirt, just like, oh, there's this message and this one and this one. He's always pulling stuff out of his, out of his shirt. Those, those pants must be tight all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's so skinny. He could stuff stuff <laughs> in his shirt. You don't even notice it. And uh, so then Ellen, she tries to jump out the window, but Mike stops her. So she grabs a knife and attempts to stab herself in the heart, but Mike grabs it. She tries some pills. Mike grabs them. And then she calls Mike Jeffrey a bunch of times. And then the phone rings. She answers it, but it's for Mike. And it's Davey and Peter asking how the girl is. Mike says it's okay, and then they tell him to come to the answering service because Peter's missing. Missing? Did you look on the piano? What did he say? He said, did you look on the piano? There's no piano here. There's no piano here. Oh, well, then that's why he's missing. Which <laughs> is uh, such uh, a uh, weird, uh, funny joke. Again, okay, wait. If you put another check mark besides Peter's girl. <laughs> yeah. He's on the bed crying. <laughs> he gets kidnapped or abandoned or something. Damn near every episode. Yeah, poor Peter. Nor do he develops a complex in season two. <laughs> or at least in head. He has a complex in head. A little bit. A little bit. He won't eat the ice cream cone because all the starving kids. <laughs> anyway, that's a future episode. Oh, so then they hang up and Ellen asks Mike to help her with a rope. Oh, sure. You mean you're going to tie this to the chandelier, and then you're going to stand on the chair, and you're going to kick the chair out from under you. How'd you guess? Well, I read a lot. <laughs> and then Mike just leads her away, but he uses the noose as a leash. He, like, just grabs a noose and, and t- takes her out the door. <laughs> the noose? The noose. The noose ganoosh. <laughs> I like when there's something serious, and they just use it trivial. Like he's got a noose around her neck, yeah. and he's like, no, come with me, and he just grabs a noose and takes it. <laughs> So Davey and Mickey are looking for Peter, and they instantly scare each other. And they find the red button. Mickey looks in the camera and asks if he should push it. He does. The bed rolls out, and Peter's on it asleep. They try to wake him up, but then Peter answers an invisible phone in his sleep. And they tell him that it's Davey and Mickey, and Peter says that they're not, right, they're not there right now, but he, can he take a message? And they yell at him to wake up, so he wakes up. Oh, hi, guys. Hey, there was just a call for you. There's nothing worse than dreaming about work. Uh, Let me tell you. Yeah, that ain't that. The or dream about work, and then your alarm goes off, and you're like, oh, good. <laughs> Time for work. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Peter tells him that he pushed the red button, so they give it a push again, and the bed rolls back, and they lose Peter again. But it's like they Ooh. turn their back to him, so when they push the button and go, and the bed's gone. They're like, what? where's Peter again? Mike's talking to Ellen, and she... He tells her that sometimes things are hard to get. You feel like you're running in circles. And then they cut to the apartment with the hallway where everybody's switched up their, like, you know, the football player is now wearing a gorilla mask and, you know, the torch guy is wearing the towel, whatever the heck. And then back and Ellen's all dramatic. And she tells him that the world is cruel and heartless. And then at the answering service, Mickey, Peter, and Davey are being held at gunpoint by gangsters, the guys from earlier. So I guess they got (laughs) Peter out of the wall. And they just jump into gangsters with guns in their faces. More it's guns. Been, it's been at least an episode and a half since there's been uh, gangsters with guns. We had to yeah. get and, some in there. And I did feel when the gangsters showed up in this episode, I was like, oh, because they kind of seemed like they already had something going on. And then they just like, yeah. oh, no, hey, gangsters. Got to put some gangsters. A lot on. of characters. A lot of just. There's a lot of characters in this episode. Yeah. It's just a lot of stuff. It's like an episode that just keeps rolling. Like, mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, so Manny says to him, Now let's talk turkey. Yeah, I like that part. That's really funny. But, it, but it, does, it does kind of feel like two episodes smushed together. Maybe they had like the the gangsters betting on the the horses, betting on the horses band names thing. But the, okay, well, how are they gonna? How are the how's Peter gonna take this call? Yeah. Well, maybe they work for an answering service. Okay. Well, let's get them to the answering service, and that becomes its whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, Coslo had the, uh, <laughs> or Coslo had the answering service, and Crusoe was like, "Where's the fucking gangsters? <laughs> this is the monkeys, you idiot! God damn it! It's got have those gangsters, <laughs> Caruso." After they go all like gobble gobble, it looks like Manny <sighs> says, "Don't do that," but you can't hear him say it. But it looks like he oh. said. Uh, so Mickey asks what this is all about and Manny tells him that the bet was changed from Popsicle to Pelican and Popsicle won and Davey says that's stupid because who would change the message and it dawns on them that Peter took the message and he says that he didn't know it was a bet he thought it was booking for gigs and he gave it to the Pelicans because he knew they needed the work pointing out Peter's a rad dude entirely and uh, why wouldn't he get the gig for the monkeys who I'm pretty sure could use 10k, which I don't know, Paco. I don't know if you remember back when we used to play shows, but it was we'd go on there to be significantly less. Yeah, than most 10, of the thousand dollars. Yeah, well, maybe Peter's like, but well, we we got jobs now. We're taking the answering service, so we don't need this anymore. So oh, let's we, give it to the we quit the band. Yeah. You haven't heard a song yet today, have you? Nope. <laughs> so it's like. Peter's being a rad dude, but by doing that, he's essentially got him and his friends killed. And Oy. and uh, Mickey says, "You have a good heart, Pete." Yeah, and I may stop it. <laughs> so Mike gets Ellen to promise not to do anything t- t- till tomorrow, and he splits. And so then we're, this is the shortest scene ever, right there. Don't do anything <laughs> till tomorrow. Okay, done. So Manny tells the boys that instead of winning a hundred thousand, he lost ten thousand. And someone owes him 90000 And the boys are all like, is that all? And they start to pull money out of everything, like out of their shoes and every, everywhere, pulling out money and all this stuff and jacks and dice and buttons. And they end up with $8.12. You'd have to wait for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> the phones ring, and they go to answer them, but Manny tells them to keep their hands up and no monkey business, if you'll excuse the expression. And Mike walks in, hears the phones, he has to wrestle to get through the gangsters. He's like, only hears the phones. So he's, he's beelining for the phones. Yep. And he squeezes between the two gangster guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boys are trying to tell them they're in trouble. But he gets to the phone. He missed the call. And he's all grumpy about it. Not realizing what's actually happening. So then the gangsters put a gun in Mike's face. Which, they've had guns in their faces so much. It must not even phase them anymore. Like, the first time, they're probably like, whoa, this is scary. And now it's like, oh, God, another gun in my face. And, uh... Uh, he tells him that he's going to go he tells him that he has to go to the dentist and they uh, he's got a cavity and blah 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 but they push him back in line so they're like no that's not we don't, we're not falling for that and then suddenly the cop and the wife show up at the office somehow of course and then the cop who we now realize is the husband yeah. he tells Davey to tell his wife that he took the wrong message but Davey says that he got the, the right message now the wife's super pissed and then, uh, just as the gangsters are trying to sneak out, Davey tells the cop husband that they've been using the answering service to place bets, 
and then the cops go after them, which leads us to Monkey's Romp number one, number only. Look out, here comes tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like, it starts off funny, like, the gangsters, the cop, the wife, and all the band and everybody, they're all doing this weird marchy dance thing, like in a big circle. Yeah. And uh, the gangster puts a gun in Peter's face beside the be courteous sign. And <laughs> Peter tries to get him to be courteous, but he won't. Uh, the wife hits Manny on the head with her purse. Mickey gives the gangster the phone, sneaks away. Wife hits the other gangster with her purse. Cop pushes the red button and the bed comes out. Mickey and Mike are on it reading newspapers. <laughs> cop hits the, or wife hits the cop husband with her purse. <laughs> cop pushes the button again and Dave and Peter on the bed. One of the gangsters fa- fanning himself with the Rolodex. He's like spinning the Rolodex really fast. <laughs> Everyone's rowing in chairs. Gangsters on the bed. This enormous rotary telephone shows up in the middle of the room. Oh, Look, Monkey's fans might recognize that big phone. Yeah. Number, we see it later in uh, their movie. Yeah, it, it makes an appearance. Number 555-7231, in case you're wondering. Gangsters fighting with Peter on the bed, wife hitting everybody with a purse, everyone answering phone, <laughs> wife on the bed, gangsters getting strangled with phone cords, they get tied up in cords, husband, cop, and wife are in love again, the gangsters are trapped under the receiver, the enormous receiver, that's how they get them. That's the end of the romp, it's very, very stationary romp. Ties it all together though, doesn't it? It does, yes. With good, the, he, good thing that... The good thing that husband was a cop. What a, what a coincidence. Yeah, good thing uh, Davey took the wrong message. And Peter took the wrong message. If all these guys just uh, followed the job, it would have been a normal day. <laughs> well, this is why they're banned and not, yeah. uh, not an answering Yeah, service, don't get involved. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Uh, so then we're out of the romp. The cops puts the handcuffs on the gangsters, and Davey tells the wife that the message is for a different Mr. Smith. And now she's happy with her man. I always knew you were innocent, poopsie. <laughs> and they leave with the gangsters and thank the boys. And uh, Mickey says, It's our pleasure, Mr. Poopsie. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, Mickey, and Peter all shake hands and congratulate each other and everything. But, like, Davey's not there. <laughs> he was He's standing in the middle of the room by himself, apparently, while all the other guys congratulate each other. Huh. And then... Uh, nice. Yeah, just the three of them. It goes with them. It goes to commercial, after commercial. Uh, Mickey asks what happened to that girl, and Mike flexes a little bit. Oh, well, through my clever manipulation of her heartstrings and uh, my masculinity and my persuasiveness, she jumps out the window. And he says that she wouldn't do anything until tomorrow, and and then they'll, and then she'll jump out the window. <laughs> so Davey says that he thinks Mike was hooked on that girl, and he says that he couldn't help it. She was she was so pathetic and very poor, very very poor. And so poor. <laughs> and suddenly Ellen bursts into the room wearing a fur coat and diamonds. She tells Mike that she has him to thank for helping her, and he thinks that she means saving her life. But she tells him that was that was her part in the play, and that uh, she's brilliant in it. <laughs> I like when people <laughs> say that they're brilliant things. And uh, she says that when her name is in light, she'll send him a free picture, and she splits. And then Davy says he can't believe that she was acting the whole time. And then Mike says, Behind every dark cloud, there's usually rain. <laughs> and Peter tells him, look on the bright side. Could you imagine what would have happened if we got involved with the clients? And then Peter take, <laughs> Mickey takes one of Peter's hands and puts it over his eye. And Mike takes the other hand and puts it over the other eye. And they all walk away, <laughs> leaving Peter with his hands over his eye. Uh, and that's the episode geez. right there. Yep. And uh, Not bad. I... 
I really like this episode because it's off the wall. It's like it's, it's crazy. It's pretty silly. It just keeps going and building. Like when Davy leaves to go to that house, and you're like, "What is going on here?" And then that house is just, yeah. just so the the entire part of Davy taking that message is to get the cop there at the end to arrest the gangsters. Mm-hmm. And that's why I that's guess true. in that scene, it's just them running down the hall over and over again because there's no other real reason for that scene. It fills some time. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. But no, I and I really liked this episode. You can. Knowing that it was the last one they filmed, maybe, maybe there isn't anything different about it, but it makes you think like, oh, yeah, you can tell. They're just super excited. They got the first season done. Yeah. And they're just having a good time. And I think I read somewhere the day after it aired uh, was their last day of working on headquarters. Oh, really? Whew. Yeah. That's, a, that's how it all kind of lines up, how quick it all happens. Yeah, that's, that's a busy, busy, busy <laughs> time for the monkeys. Um, uh, what another thing I really like too is like the it's the boys working together. There's, there was the gangster plot line and the Ellen plot line, but it's the four dudes essentially like each having something to do and like almost like a mystery at times. It's like oh well maybe if we follow the phone cord we can find out the number and find the number through the file and da 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 da. And I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, yeah, no, I really liked it. You have any o- overall thoughts as well or? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's another one of those episodes where they briefly mention that they're banned at the start of the episode. Yeah. And then <laughs> just do some non-band stuff, sneak in a song later. It's yeah. <laughs> not playing it. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. It actually how you this bring is definitely one where they would slip in other songs later in the reruns. Yeah. Because there's no performance aspect of the the romp song. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the episode. The lookout here comes tomorrow. Other than maybe that's when Ellen's going to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> But also, it's it, it's a lot like Royal Flush, the very first episode of the series, like when it aired, because in that one too, it's like you think they're going to play this ball, like oh, there's this, this royal ball, oh, that's how the monkeys yeah. are going to get in. But no, and with Peter, it's like well, you could have got the monkeys to be this band to make the money. It's like well, no, I got For this. Real? this one. It's like you're right, band at the beginning, nothing about the band the whole time, but they could have, but decided not to. Guns in this episode, yes. Obviously, you better believe it, brother. Ellen's apartment and in the monkeys' faces, and then the cop has one at the end with the gangsters as well. Cop has one, of course. Uh, highlight of the show, Ooh. I don't really know. It's uh, it, it's all fun. Seeing the phone is kind of neat <laughs> just to see yeah. the phone, but that's and, not uh, <laughs> the red button business, yeah. That's funny. And Mike's little Mike has a couple really funny moments and parts in it, too. So it's true, he gets to do the, the squeeze near the end there, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the show is bookended with him missing calls. It is, and getting grumpy about it each time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there a monkey's ruse? No. I don't think Not so. Not really. No. They're pretty straight up about who they are and what they're doing. Yeah, so there you go. No monkey's ruse in this one. Fourth wall break? Yes. Mickey asking to push the button, and Mike also before he pushes the button. Mm, it's true. The uh, gangsters are pulling the ruse in this one. I just thought of the, the, there you go. the popsicle ruse. There you there go. go. There. So it's a... Uh, a, a side ruse they're being rused they're not doing the rusing uh, indirectly rused yes <laughs> uh, best musical moment there's only one so look out here comes tomorrow classic monkeys moment don't do that when Mike gets sprayed in the face uh, a little short on money about this short working on the about this big and um, yeah. the monkey scares the two scares they have they're both in there Things that wouldn't fly in 2020, the entire premise of an answering service. 
Oh, yeah. Those, those are long gone. Yeah. And uh, maybe the, the suicide jokes and the woman trying to kill herself the whole time. <laughs> a lot of suicide jokes for, a, you know, early evening yeah. family show. Yeah. And a very special monkeys. So some, some did you knows. We've already talked about it's the last episode filmed for the first season. Uh, Manny's going to come back in the second to last episode. Monkeys blow their minds. Yeah, well, so we'll see him again. And this is the last episode where Don Kirshner received a musical supervision credit. Because oh. I guess uh, he, he, he just uh, did a switcheroo thing. Like with the, uh, it was supposed to be a single out of something else and he put out a different single. Yeah, back. it's supposed to, each release was supposed to have at least 50% monkey involvement. Yeah. And he went rogue and put out uh, whatever it was, the da, 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 a little bit me, a little bit you, and she hangs out, I think. Yeah, yeah. So after that, they uh, that was his final thing. They gave him the boot, and he never uh, never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely true, but, you know. I think they switched him out like a Paul is dead kind of thing, but <laughs> I think. But yeah, so there you go. That was it. Monkeys on the line. On the line. Monkeys yep. on the line. And even now, people probably wouldn't understand that that means like on the phone. So that leads us to everybody's favorite headlining gig. Wool hat of mystery. Hey now. Coming in, coming at you. Who goes first this week? Uh, let's let's say you. Okay. Because I think I went first. Because I yeah yeah. Oh okay. yeah, that's right. Go ahead, Paco. Get your phalanges in that hat. All right, here we go. I got something. Feels like a piece of paper. It is, and it's French song. Really? Everyone's favorite. A little boy calls good evening from the light. They stopped to talk for just a while. Then she's gone. So French song. Off the monkeys present. I I've gotta say, I, I don't mind this song for some reason. I feel like it should be one that I'm like, oh my god. But it's a like the calypso feel to it, like the xylophone yeah. solo in the middle eight there. moments i gotta say as far as like a slow burn davy song goes from the later years <laughs> it's it can yeah. do a lot worse it's true it's kind of like uh oh, whatever you do like sort of like a genre thing like hard to believe or um don't call on me or something just a little different flavor to the whole operation it's not very rock and roll and you can't imagine it on the show in any capacity really but yeah um, exactly that's what i'm saying it's not a very like monkeys song yeah. Even by like slow Davy standards, but yeah. um, it's 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 not bad. I I, I will say. Okay, so anyway, uh, above or below porpoise song. <laughs> I was gonna say it's top ten definitely. The jams start at PO box, and then the the sweet jellies are right after that, and then you get down to the sour <laughs> jellies. But I'll spend my life with you is right after PO box at number forty eight. I'll spend my life with you. Okay. What what do you think of that one compared to this one? Let's put it right above that. That's what I thought too. 
Let's go there. Yeah, good call. Like, I think on uh, the Monkeys 50 playlist, I think it shows up on there. Yep. Oh, it, the big long one. And it's a. Uh, it would on ours as well, one, number 48. One, oh, wow. <laughs> so the list gets that long. They got to dig out some uh, deeper stuff. Yeah. And it ain't bad. Not a bad choice. No, not, not bad, bad at all. I don't mind it. All right. All right, your turn. Oh, boy. Get your fingers in the toque. As they say. As our American friends are probably like, that is disgusting. Similarly, we got uh, Pillow Time, sung by Mickey Dolenz. Did he write it or somebody else wrote it? I don't know. It's Miller Time. (laughs) I remember that. I was going to bring that up because I remember you used to sing Miller Time (laughs) instead of Pillow Time. It's Pillow Time again. It's a Pillow Time again. As we were just talking about, uh, there's the demo of Pillow Time, which is on like the headquarters uh, special edition thing, mm-hmm. which I have to say I like better than the actual Pillow Time song. In true monkeys fashion, the the, the straight straight faced version of a song is less interesting than like a little <laughs> extra stuff, goofy stuff, background stuff. Yeah. Studio chatter is that's I like that kind of stuff. Me too. Especially like when Mickey the hears someone just goes hamburgers. He's like, Oh man, you, you get hamburgers? Could you could you get me a hamburger? I'll I'll give you money. Get all kinds of stuff. Just get all kinds of stuff. Get everything. All kinds of good stuff. Yeah, it's like we'll we'll do that later. We'll do that. Okay. Can I have a hamburger, French fries and coke, please? <laughs> hamburger. Oh, oh hey, you're gonna get out or you're gonna go back, back here. here. What? What? I can't hear you. We'll bring it back. Gotta bring it back. Hey, 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 listen. Hey, if you want to make some money, you bring back lots, lots of, stuff. of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Not lots of hamburgers, because they just get cold. Can you bring back some stuff? We'll, we'll, we'll send somebody out for some stuff later. Yeah, okay, okay, Groovy. Bring me back a hamburger, french fries, and coke, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I agree. I like that more than. Pillow time to me is a boring song. It's like a. Yeah. I don't know. It's just schmidt. I think it's kind of a jelly by default. Yeah. It, it, it's cool. <laughs> like, it's got that, you know, swingy sound to it that, that you know, whatever mm. it is. But um, it's not something I'm reaching for, especially on Monkeys Present. Yeah. Uh, that was another one that came with when we got the tapes. It was the first time I had heard Pillow uh, Oh, yes. Like, yes, oh, yes. That, that's when you coined Miller Time. Yeah. Because it sounded like he was drunk. <laughs> so, on to the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Where in the pillow top time. 20 does Pillow Time go? Uh, great question. I would put it... Da, 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 da. See, because it's not... Like, one of my criterioids is uh, how often will we put it on. And we, ain't, we ain't putting on Pillow Time too often. No. Uh, I'm going to put it right below Let's Dance On. All right. We're, okay, number 55. It's going to go on at number 56. There we go. Is Pillow Time. <laughs> oh, it's a genius move to start numbering these things. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Johan Billboard felt when he invented the charts. 
I like this song. How much do you like it? <laughs> I don't know. If you had to put a number on it, what would you say? Would you say it has a bullet? <laughs> Boom! Hit or miss, what you say? <laughs> Jam or jelly? Anyway. We gotta, we gotta pull something good here. French song wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Alright, here I go. Oh, 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 I'm filtering through them. Maybe I dropped an awesome one and picked up a bad one. We'll never know. Oh, here we go. Thank goodness. What you got, bud? Dying of a broken heart. <laughs> oh, dear. I think this is a justice song. It definitely is a justice song. Oh, the hat is testing us today. of a broken heart off of justice um it's not a bad tune it, just like anything off justice it's not bad yeah mickey sounds great yeah the, the drums sound cool yeah. the, the backup vocals sound massive but it's like <laughs> yeah it's just missing just missing something and it's like you remind yourself it's the boys it's them doing it all four of them yeah and that's what kind of justice is they keep telling yourself that as you go through everything, it, it kind of makes it easier to go down. But some of the lyrics of this, like, it's not your blood sugar or the Asian flu. That's not what's killing you. Very topical in 2020. <laughs> and uh, I survived. I lived through Nixon and a drug or two. <laughs> I think he says uh, he, they kind of keep going back to the same lyrics in this song over and over. But it's. It's cool. It's a cool little guitar solo and stuff, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. again, the justice record is, is a good record, but it's not something that you reach for a lot, or at least, at least, at least I reach for a lot. Maybe some people out there, that's their favorite one. I don't think I ever heard them play a justice song. I've seen them like five times. That's a good point. Like even when we saw them on the justice tour, essentially. <laughs> yeah. That was after it came out, I think. And Mike wasn't with them. No. Yeah, you think they would have played something? I don't think they did. And if they did, I don't remember. And it's the recurring theme of yeah the Justice era. The difference between Justice and Poolit, kind of, is uh, the Justice songs aren't bad, like memorably bad, but they aren't memorably good either. And the Poolit songs are either memorably bad or memorably sort of okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Justice really is a, an album of the times, like a mid-90s mm -hmm. band. Like, there was just so many bands out there that had good albums that were like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It was a crowded field at the time. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, so where are we going to place Dying of Broken Heart? Oh, boy. Let's see here. Let's take a trip down to the... Down to Jellies? Down Jelly Way? Yeah. Down Jelly Way. Mm -mm -mm. Like, whatever, let's put it between You're so good to me And when love comes knocking at your door yep. When love comes knocking at your door Or maybe above you're so good I don't remember what you're so good to me is now I don't either <laughs> Above you're so good to me Because it's not better than gotta give it time Which I think might be placed a little low 
Uh, but anyway, dying apostrophe of a broken heart. All right. So yeah, this uh this uh wool hat episode was tricky. It didn't even throw us a bone. The biggest bone it threw us was French song. Then they gone. Oh, hey now. So that's that's saying something. I think the hat is upset with us or something. I think it, I think it doesn't like the every two weeks. It's like yeah, we're not, we're not visiting often enough. Yeah. So it's throwing us jellies. But one thing is, as you get rid of a lot of jellies at once, it leaves a lot of jams. A lot of jam remains. I would I would rather we end this on a bunch of jams than like our very last one was choosing French song dying of a broken heart <laughs> pillow time. Agreed. This is why we didn't do it chronologically because there'd be some dark stretches. Yeah. Of, of jelly. Yeah. Yeah. You got a dark jelly in you. Never good. And one more thing. This is a little housekeeping note. Um, we do kind of keep an eye on our stats and things as to who is listening or what. We just get numbers of listens. We don't we don't know your uh, your Wi-Fi passwords or anything. But we uh, something something interesting happened the other day. We had uh, uh, the exact same number of listens as we have episodes out in one day. So that indicates to us that somebody sat and listened to the whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, we're getting like in, in late in late June 2020. If you would listen to every single thing we did, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be love amazing. to know what you're doing. Maybe you put it on and then left for the weekend, and uh, your cat listened to it. Ask your cat what, what they thought of uh, podcast on Sunday. We're big with cats. Yeah, they're like, I, I listened to everything, and I never heard Shorty Blackwell. <laughs> <laughs> we're pulling down Rogan numbers now. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> Twenty-four in one day. Oh. But that is that is awesome. So yes, keep keep listening, keep commenting. We love we love when people comment. Oh, it's the best. It really is. And uh, so from me, Paco, and me, Jeff, have yourself a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey, monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe, we hope you're staying at home, and we hope that you're listening to The Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive.